It's a comedy. It's not a documentary about France. And it's not a documentary about Americans. I think maybe the French people miss the nuances. Season 3 of Francophiles. My name is Tracy Madigan, and I'll be your host this season. I now live in Washington, D.C., and although English is my mother tongue, I was raised in a French-speaking city and have always been a Francophile. This podcast explores the links between the United States and France and all the history, culture, and connection that exists between the two. Today, Emily in Paris. I used to be so decisive. And ever since I moved to Paris, my life has just been chaotic and dramatic and complicated. Oh, Emily, you're getting more French by the day. When we The Netflix show premiered in October 2020 and was an instant success. People confined to their homes during the pandemic saw it as a refuge. Emily in Paris offers romance, fashion, humor. The show follows an American social media maven adapting to life in her new city, Paris. It's the work of Darren Starr, the same man who created Sex and the City, Beverly Hills 90210, Melrose Place, and Younger. Recently, he and the cast were invited to the residence of France's ambassador to the U.S., Mr. Philippe Etienne, right here in Washington, D.C. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bonjour. Bonsoir. As uh, Emily says, a little bonjour goes a long way. I am deeply honored to host you for tonight's event at the Residence de France, marking the launch of the second season of Emily in Paris. <laughs> Emily in Paris is an American series that was entirely shot in France. Thanks to the opportunities offered by our tax rebate, its scenes were all filmed on location or in nearby studios with French technical teams. And thank you for this choice. <laughs> Dear Darren, dear friend Darren, this series reflects not only your artistic talent, but also your passion for France. All of us are looking forward to watching the second season of Emily in Paris, to be blown away by the very talented actors, to spend a few hours with you in Paris and this time in other regions of France, but we will not say which ones. <laughs> I wish you all a wonderful evening and bon appétit, as to quote Mindy. It's France. Everyone's serious about dinner. That's where we caught up with Darren Starr and the actor who plays Antoine in the series, William Abadie. He starred in Gossip Girl, Homeland. He's been around for a while. We wanted to hear from the two of them not only about the show's success, 
but the stories behind the adventures, the pushback on French-American stereotypes, and why these two cultures have earned the right to poke fun at each other. William tells a very powerful story of how his mother, when he was a young boy, told him how to react whenever he met an American. Here's our conversation with Emily in Paris creator Darren Starr and actor William Abadi. I heard that you studied French in college and that even when you were young, you dreamed of someday living in Paris. First of all, do you speak French? Uh, je parle un peu, but I've mainly forgotten my French. Okay. My French was from junior high through the first year of college, and then it's been downhill ever since. And did you have a fascination with it when you were young? I did. I, lo- I loved the language. I loved the culture. I um, spent time there when I was 19, just sort of backpacking around Europe, and I spent a lot of time in France and Paris. And I would subsequently go back like every time, every chance I could, because I just really loved Paris. I just had a real affinity for the city. So if that's the case, how long has this been a dream of yours to do a show like this? You know, it's been in my head for a long time because I feel like I know that American audiences love watching shows that are set in Paris or France. And they sort of, I thought about how to create something where give the audience opportunity to live vicariously through a character that went over there. So it was in my head for a while trying to figure out what would be the sort of exact right way to do it. With that in mind, your other shows, Beverly Hills, 90210, Sex in the City, etc., you use the city as not only the backdrop, but part of the part of the story. Sure. And a place that viewers absolutely want to visit. So was that did you know you were Yeah, it was certainly effect? well, it was in my wheelhouse in terms of how I think about shows and how I love to explore settings and make the sort of the place sort of part of the texture of the show and certainly Paris, this show more than any other show, because she really is, Emily is just a fish out of water in the city. And we really see the city through her eyes as she acclimates to living there. And also just is kind of just blown away by Paris and how beautiful it is. And and so the city is, is really just as important to the show as Emily. So is that a goal or a byproduct then, that people end up falling in love with the city that you're featuring? I think it's a byproduct. You know, people may, people could look at the show and have, I, I, you know, it's, it's more of a, I hope that they will fall in love with it in the way that I have. And so I'm trying to kind of capture that spirit of how I felt when I was there seeing it for the first time. William, let me ask you, you have this very, a renowned American producer coming onto the scene, coming into France, and you know what kind of work he's done in the past. How did it feel when you knew that uh, this was his goal, and how was it pitched to you? It came through a um, it came through an audition, and and Darren and I were knew each other because we, we worked together before. We worked together. Darren, uh, um, interestingly enough, uh, offered me my first professional role in a TV show back. I think 18 years ago, I, I did a, a small guest star on Sex and the City. So I was familiar with Darren and, and the shows, and they were part of the picture for me coming to the U.S. and to New York as a young man because Sex and the City and the 90210 and, and were all the things that you know, were very inspiring to, to me as a, as a young man. And, uh, and then we worked on Cashmere Mafia, and, and so I, I knew the man and ha- was already very grateful to him. So when the audition came by... And a little bit of the plot was revealed. It was very exciting for me to 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 receive the opportunity and and give it my best shot. And you know, and then when 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 the news came in that I I, I you know booked the role and and was going to ironically you know go from New York because I was based in New York 
to back to, to Paris. William, William was the with, French guy in New York. Yeah. He was like the go-to guy when you needed like, the, need the French guy in your show, you know. This is a dream. It was a dream. Literally, I mean, it's a, you know, this, this whole journey has been a, has been a dream come true, but, Ironically speaking, I was hoping one day that, you know, after a few years in, in the States, I would be able to go back to France and, and, and Darren once more like came through and, and allowing me to, to do that in, in, in multiple ways. I wanted to ask you, Darren, when we talk about having real French people in your show, was that important to you? You have real French actors, with the exception of the obvious actors, and the crew was French as well. How how did you make that decision? It was absolutely important for me to have French actors in the show. I mean, really, the only American actors are Lily and Ashley, and Ashley is, I'd seen her on Broadway in Mean Girls, and I was just completely taken with her and blown away by her talent. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, I just would love her for this role and that. And it worked out that she was available. But as for the rest of the cast, I really went out there and cast the show with a French casting director, Juliette Manager, who's just, you know, so terrific. And it was definitely important to have, we're shooting, the, the, it's really a show, it's it's a French show that has a couple American actors. And certainly we have to work with a French crew because we're filming the series in France. But I didn't know what that would be like. That was for me, not the actors, but really what would that crew be like? What would it be like to work with a French crew and how different would it be than working with an American crew? And in fact, they were so good. They're, they're, they're such pros. They also speak, they all speak English, you know, across the board in a way in which they wouldn't, you know, I, I was like, they wouldn't even have to, but they really communicate with all of us. And there's no communication barriers at all. And there's just a level of professionalism that comes from making movies there. And I think they really, they're, everybody on that crew considers himself an artist. And, and I think they take their work very seriously and and they take the show the show means a lot to them i think any any show they work on means a lot to them and that sense of ownership to me feels artistic ownership is greater there than i than i feel like it is in the states i love it because you don't have to listen to fake accents <laughs> the accents are the real deal right they're the, sure. the real and, people and this season on the show there's a lot more french spoken by our characters when are the french characters are together which is more which is much happens more frequently this season than it did last season. They're all speaking French. They're speaking French to each other. So there's a lot more French spoken in the series season two, wouldn't you say? I would. I had to learn French for it. And <laughs> <laughs> reveal my true self. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So so let's talk a little bit about the French aspect of it. You're here, you're being welcomed at the French ambassador's home in Washington, DC. Americans absolutely love the series. Having said that, there are a lot of French stereotypes that appear, that pop up in the show. What, as a French actor, what did you think about that when you saw those popping up? I just enjoyed them because they're my people, you know, they're my people. And, and whatever what was uh, brought into the shows are, are for the most part, uh, elements of the, the French personality that, that I know, that I've seen, that I've witnessed, except in the show uh, uh, they, they're refreshed, you know, in very many ways and in very uh, uh, fun ways and, and, and appealing ways. So it was really pleasurable. And I, I, uh, you know, there was a lot of reaction on, on that topic, but it, it, it surprised me to be honest, because I thought the whole first season was just the, the flow of it was just so pleasurable, and, and and the humor was came with such obvious love. For, for the French and the Parisians, and, and, and it was so cute. You know, all the little, the little uh, tweaks were just like, uh, uh, 
full of uh, uh, freshness and love. And, and so to me, I, I just, uh, I genuinely, truly uh, loved it all. And, and so did my friends and, and my, my family and nieces and nephews. And So did you hear the pushback or not? What about you, Darren? Did you hear the pushback? I heard the pushback, but you know, I feel like sometimes people lack a sense of humor when they come to watch a show. It's a comedy. It's not a documentary about France. And it's not a documentary about Americans. I think maybe the French people miss the nuances of how stereotyped the Americans are on the show also. And the whole show is about her seeing... It's about sort of like bumping up against each other and learning how to and learning how to see each other properly. So I think at the beginning of the first season, she's running up against what she perceives as, you know, she's seeing the stereotypes, but they're also seeing the stereotypes, American stereotypes in her. She's a bit of the ugly American who comes in without speaking English. A lot of people are horrified by that and they get angry about it, but that happens to be the show. It is about a girl who comes to France and doesn't speak English. And so that's that's a problem. She's, she isn't she isn't a shining example of of an American tourist in France. So the it works it cuts both ways. And I feel like there's nothing to be offended about here. It's actually it's meant to sort of like entertain. And and I think sometimes people miss the humor in which it's intended. Would you agree? I totally agree. Again, I was really you know I was really surprised, genuinely surprised by the the, the reaction. But then again, you know, in anything in life, anything you 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 produce or, or you put out there, there's going to be detractors. And, and that's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? So based on the pushback that you did hear about, did you try to change things? Did you try to make things more accurate, more? No, but they are accurate. That's the problem. Stereotypes come, I mean, I don't want to say that it's inaccurate. I would say that it's an exaggeration of what's, of what's there on both sides. But I think in the beginning of the first season, it's Emily's sort of it's how she sees things but by the second season she's getting acclimated and the show is less about that in the second season it's not so much about cultural differences because she's much more immersed in a lot of drama and i think it's like she's living she's living in the midst of some of the chaos she cre has created by the end of season one so the show isn't so much about cultural differences as it was in in season two as it was in season one Tell me, as a French person, what do you, how do you see the connection? How do you enjoy the connection that the series is creating between American and French people? In my book, it reinforces it. You know, I think Darren was mentioning the, uh, the experience we had in, in bringing those two people together on set and, and bringing, you know, an Amer some American people, uh, some crew members from, from the States to, uh, and the French and how this went and how it could have gone it was it was a uh, it was an amazing experience i think part of the reason i believe is is because there there's an undercurrent of of love between the two countries and uh and respect and a bond that is not always spoken of but I, 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 that is there you know like uh, i think america did, did a, a lot for france not so long ago france did a lot for america a little while before that and we were we're aware of that as a people we are. My, my, my mom, I remember I was a nine-year-old. Nine she sat me down one day, just the way a parent would sit down their kid to tell them something important, and told me uh, something in the vein of Willie, which called me Willie, you know, you're going to get to meet American people in your life. When you do, be very kind, be very res respectful, and if you get an opportunity, thank them, because they, they give us back our freedom. Your grand, my grandfather was a prisoner of war for four years, he, you know, they liberated, not only liberated us, but your grandfather and my dad. And, and she, she made that statement. And I think, you know, that, that little 
moment was done in very many households across France. And, uh, and uh, so I think we have this, you know, we have this bond and um, that is something very important. And that is, that is, uh, uh, you know, always, uh, I think, in, in the back of people's mind. That's absolutely beautiful. That's, that's what this podcast is all about, is the links between the two countries. It's very touching. It's very, very touching. And, you know, I, I think that when shows are broadly popular like this, they're entertaining, but they affect the viewer in a way that can sometimes be more profound. With Sex and the City, I think it, I hear from women and viewers how much, it meant, how much it meant to them in terms of how much freedom it brought to the, the way they thought about things. And I think for this show, it's, it's like just going beyond the surface of, you know, of, of how people might see stereotypes. The, the broad popularity of the show, I think, makes people have a desire to visit France and Paris and experience life. And, you know, Americans really don't travel that much. They don't really, you know, I have a love of travel. And for me, the show is really sharing the notion that going to a foreign country is going to really enrich your life and broaden your life. And that's sort of, to me, is the, is the underlying and important message that the show has. And it sort of presents it in a big, glossy package. But it... It's enticing in a way that it entices the audience to want to sort of like step out of their comfort zone and maybe visit France and visit Paris. My final question to you is this one. When it comes to the fantasy that the show creates about how perfect life can be and how Instagram, you know, friendly everything is, what are your hopes for what the show what kind of barriers it could break down or doors it could open? I think it sort of going back to what I said, I, I hope it, it it encourages a desire among viewers to travel and see the world, whether it's France, whether it's any any other country, to be gutsy like Emily's is in the show. She came here, she didn't she didn't speak the language, she took a job, and it's like she got so much out. She got so much more than she ever dreamed from the experience. How about yourself, William? I would concur with uh, with Darren. I think it's uh, it inspired. Uh, I think the show inspired so many people to to travel and to make it to Paris, obviously, but beyond Paris, France, and and want to live those uh, those experiences, you know. And that's uh, that's a very very powerful thing because that's you know you learn a lot about life by getting out of your comfort zone and 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 meeting the other people over there. And getting yourself in, you know, an uncomfortable situation and having to figure things out and, and, and all that good stuff. So, Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And congratulations on the success of the series. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. to hear from you. Let us know what you think of Francophiles and who you'd like to hear us talk to. We're on Twitter at FrancophilesPod. Our podcast is produced by me, Tracy Madigan. Audio engineer, Colm Cornois. Researcher, Susanna Outier. Editorial team, Pascal Confavreux, Baudouin Carrard, Gladys Galois, and Pierre Leonard. Thanks for listening. Au revoir. <laughs>